This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. My brothers and sisters, inshallah ta'ala, we're going to be starting a series that will be discussing some of the major sins in Islam. And hopefully in the next few weeks we will be covering some of uh, these sins. Of course, we will not be able to cover all of them, but inshallah ta'ala, we will be providing you with some uh, reading uh, that you can do uh, to have a better understanding of, of these sins. So to begin with, a question that we must pose or ask ourselves is why? Why are we discussing uh, dhunub or sin? Uh, it's very simple that the human being and our experience here as human beings and sons of Adam, that we will always be making mistakes and falling into sin. This is something that's very closely related to us. As you know, the story of Adam السلام, and how the first man, uh, the prophet, he made a sin and he made a mistake. And there's many lessons that we can learn from his story. And if you will, the, the beginning story of humanity, Adam and Iblis is one that you can see Adam makes a mistake by eating from the fruit. You see Iblis uh, committing an act of disobedience by refusing to bow down to Adam. And from the beginning, you'll see that our story, if you will, is one of someone making a mistake. But then look at our example, look at our father, the prophet, Adam, and how he repented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he came back to Allah, and Allah tells us the story of his tawbah. So his story is a story of tawbah, as opposed to the story of shaitan or iblis, which is a story where he sinned and committed an act of disobedience and refused to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he stuck with it. And because of it, he is condemned and he is damned to uh, the hellfire for eternity. So it's very important to understand. And our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, when he was telling us about our very own nature, he said, Every single human being is one that makes mistakes or sins often. And the best of those who sin are those who repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there's absolutely no doubt that I will make mistakes, that you will make mistakes, that we will all make mistakes and fall into sin and have shortcomings. And this is part of life. But what is that which we're supposed to be doing is whenever we make a mistake, whenever we fall off, whenever we have a shortcoming, it is to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And of course, uh, sins are not of equal caliber, all of them. This series, inshallah ta'ala, we will be discussing the major sins and the Prophet Sallallahu and even Allah in the Quran discusses what is known as Al-Kaba'ir. Now Al-Kaba'ir means the enormities, the things that are great. And think about this, my brothers and sisters, who is calling these sins great? Or they are like major, if you will. It is Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And Allah is the greatest. And this is why when Allah the greatest, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, Allah Almighty, declares something to be of a major thing, then that is surely something that must be avoided. A good example of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a positive light saying something is major is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about our Prophet's akhlaq and about his manners and qualities, he said, وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَىٰ خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ And indeed you are upon a great moral character. The fact that Allah the greatest 
declared the greatness of Prophet Muhammad's character in itself is a testimony of how great he was sallallahu alaihi wasallam and similarly when Allah the greatest declares some sins to be so bad they are among the major sins and that shows you how bad they really are so it's very important that we have these discussions another reason ikhwani fillah that we're having this conversation is because it is important to know what Allah wants you to do and also what Allah wants you to stay away from. The things that are wrong, the things that are haram, the things that are evil, you must know them. Because if you do not know them, how are you going to stay away from them? Allah commands us in the Quran, or when He speaks about the believer, describes them as people that they distance themselves from the major sins. How are you going to distance yourself if you do not know what they are? So you must learn about them. And this is why a great companion of the Prophet Sallallahu he said something very profound. He said, the people used to ask the Prophet about the good actions. They would ask him about that which is good. And I would ask him about the things that are harmful, that are evil. Not because he liked those things or he wanted to do them, but he said, so that I can stay away from them. Out of a fear that these things might befall me, I would always ask the Prophet of that which is harmful so that I can be of knowledge of what they are and stay away from them. And this is what we need to do. We need to know what is, we need to know what shirk is so that you can stay away from shirk. You need to know what is haram so that you can stay away from it. Now, this is why a famous poet said, عرفت الشر لا لشر لكن لتوقيهي ومن لا يعرف الشر من الخير وقع فيه. I've learned that which is شر, that which is evil. Not because I like it, but so that I can stay away from it, so that I can be aware of it. And then he said, those who do not know that which is evil, surely they will fall into it. So this is one of the reasons why we should have these type of lessons and conversations, so that you can be upon knowledge of the things that are haram. And not just haram, the major ones among those at that. So, ikhwani fillah, now that we learned why we're doing it, alhamdulillah, there are many books that have been written and many works that have been done on the study of the major sins. And to begin with, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes certain sins as more major than others. Of course, we know, everyone should know what is the most major of sins. What is the worst thing one can do? Of course, it is to associate partners with Allah, to fall into shirk. May Allah protect us from it. But then there are, of course, others as well. So, um, among the best books one can read on this, of course, is the book of Imam al-Dhahabi. It is the most known book on al-Kaba'ir, the enormities, the major sins. And Imam al-Dhahabi, may Allah have mercy on him, he compiled in this book 70 of the most major sins. 70 of them. And it's very good that you study it and you read it and you can find it in, in the English language as well. So I really do encourage all of you to refer back to that book of Imam al-Dhahabi. There's a book, another book that was written uh, by Imam Ibn Hajar al-Haythami or Shaykh Ibn Hajar al-Haythami, which was known as Az-Zawajir, which is another book that compiled even more of those major sins. Uh, Imam Sheikh Muhammad al-Wahhab also has a book on the major sins. So there's plenty of resources available if one wants to look more uh, into these. And of course, the Prophet wasallam in numerous ahadith would say, shall I tell you what is the worst sin? Or a companion would ask him, Ya Rasulullah, tell us among the worst sins. And then the Prophet ﷺ would tell them. And interestingly enough, 
most of the sins the Prophet would say would be recurring. When one companion asks him, he would tell a certain type of sin. And then whenever another companion asks, he would say the same thing. Because uh, there is a general consensus of understanding of what these major sins are and they revolve around the, the heavy ones. They mention the Quran, they mention the Sunnah, like uh, the Prophet when he mentioned the seven destructive sins or many of the other hadith, inshallah, which we will get to later. In this series, we're going to be covering about seven or eight of them and we will be speaking about them in depth and in detail in the following weeks, inshallah ta'ala. So the one constant within these ahadith, of course, is my brothers and sisters, that the worst sin is shirk. The worst sin is shirk to associate partners with Allah. This is the greatest injustice one can do. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he was telling us about the story of Luqman, the wise, when he was giving advice to his son, he said, uh, do not commit shirk, O oh my son. Do not give Allah equals. Do not associate partners with Allah. Indeed, shirk is a, the greatest injustice or a great injustice. Why is it that we avoid sins? We avoid them because of the ill effects they have on us, because of the consequences of these sins. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks often the Quran about sins and why we should avoid them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even calls them different names. For example, Allah says, uh, uh, calls sins dhunub, or atham, or khataya, and, uh, or uh, fujur, and many other or, uh, ways that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has referred to sins as, and each one, it adds some meaning. But the scholars generally call it sin or disobedience. But these words, they, uh, if you look back to what they actually mean, they have a certain connotation or a meaning. For example, when Allah refers to sin as the word wizr, wizr is something very heavy. Meaning when you're sinning, it's like you're burdening yourself with something. And when you make tawbah, you unburden yourself. Or when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls the sin sayyi'ah, bala man kasaba sayyi'atan. Sayyi'ah is that which harms. And of course, these sins, they have a harming effect on yourself and they have a harming effect on others and they will definitely harm your hereafter. So it's very important. Another, another one of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, name of Allah referring to the sins is khati'ah. Now khati'ah is a mistake. And most of the time khati'ah is a mistake that you're not doing on purpose or you're not aware of, but sometimes you are aware of it as well. The point here is Allah spoke about sins extensively in the Quran and they have a very negative effect on society and they have a negative effect on the individual as well. What are some of these effects? Well, the first one, Ikhwan Ifillah, is Allah says in the Quran, in Surah Al-Taha, وَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ عَنِ ذِكْرِي فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً ضَنْكَا And whomsoever that turns away from my remembrance, then he will have a constricted, a narrow, a difficult life. So, what does it mean to turn away from Allah's remembrance? The dhikr of Allah, and Allah's remembrance is the Quran, and in the Quran you have certain things that you must do, and certain things you must stay away from. When you neglect all of that, you neglect what Allah tells you to do, you neglect what Allah tells you to stay away from and you just do it, then you have surely turned away from the remembrance of Allah. And if you do, that will lead to a life of difficulty. So that's the first effect that your life has on you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in another verse that that which befalls you is from that which you've done yourself. So whenever you feel like you're going through a tough time, a difficult time, you need to look inwardly. 
What have I been doing? Have I been keeping up with my prayers? Have I wronged someone else? Have I oppressed an individual? Have I immersed myself in haram? When was the last time I prayed in the masjid or I made a dhikr or I read Quran? Self-reflection is very important because a lot of the difficulties that we go through in life is because of the ill effects that sin has on us. Ikhwani fillah, always do that. Always self-reflect, always look inwardly. And, inwardly. and this is what the Salaf used to do. They would say, when we sin, we would see the effects of that sin, not just on us, but in our home and within our family as well. More arguments, more problems, more difficulty. This is all perhaps of something haram that you've done and you should hurry in the repentance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another effect, a serious effect of sin, ikhwani fillah and akhwati, my brothers and sisters, is the prevention of knowledge. Now, it is extremely important that the Muslims learn about their religion. They try and memorize the Quran, they learn a hadith, they learn about rulings, they learn about that which is haram and that which is halal and they keep up their adhkar and their du'as. When you sin, it detracts from all of that. It affects all of that. There's an amazing story where uh, Imam al-Shafi'i, the great Imam, Imam al-Shafi'i, he complained to one of his shaykhs, Waqi'i. And he said to Waqi'i uh, that he is struggling with his memorization. Shakawtu ila Waqi'in su'a hifdi. He said, I asked Waqi' can you help me with regards to my bad memory? SubhanAllah, Imam Shafi'i didn't have bad memory compared to us today, but SubhanAllah, he's still asking. And then Waqi' said, uh, or guided him to uh, the abstinence of sin. Stay away from sin. He told me to stay away from sin. You want your memory to be better? You've been struggling with your Quran? You haven't been memorizing or you've been forgetting that which you've memorized. Stay away from sin. And then he said something very profound. Uh, he said, The knowledge that Allah grants is a light. And Allah does not grant this light to a disobedient individual. So that which is really preventing you from learning, from understanding, not just learning, but truly understanding the religion of Allah is this, the, these sins that you're accumulating and accumulating. And of course, you need to work on getting rid of those. Khwanifillah, sins have a real effect on us. And they even affect our rizq and our sustenance. There's a hadith with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He mentions that uh, among the effects of sin, is the prevention of rizq or the limitation of, of your rizq and your sustenance. If you're struggling financially, all of a sudden you have these debts that are piling up or you lost a job or you feel like you're struggling, look inwardly. Make tawbah from your sins because, and, and look, ikhwani fillah, at the effects of sin as opposed to the results of being pious. Allah says in the Quran of those that are pious, وَمَنْ and those that have taqwa, يَجْعَلَّهُ مَخْرَجًا Allah will give them a way out of their difficulties. وَيَرْزُقُهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا And Allah will provide for them from places they did not expect. So with piety and righteousness and taqwa, Allah increases your rizq. Allah opens up your life. Allah gives you a good life as opposed to sin, which gives you a dark life, a problematic life. And it limits your rizq. 
So this is one of the effects of sin as well. Another very important one that cannot be overlooked is the effect it has on your Iman. As Muslims, we believe that our Iman and our faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it increases and it decreases. It increases with what? It increases with the with obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The more you pray, the more you give sadaqah. And I can guarantee all of you watching can really attest to that. The days that you feel like you're reading Quran, Ramadan days for example, you feel very invigorated. You really want to do more khair. And the more good you do, it propels you to do even better. And then the days that you kind of fall off, you miss a prayer here and there, you fall into sin, you're lying, you're sinning. It just is a downward spiral. This is your Iman decreasing. And you need to be very careful with your Iman. You need to nurture it. You need to work on it. It has to blossom. It shouldn't fall apart. And the way you take care of it is through good deeds. And the way you will ruin your Iman is by constantly being someone that does haram or bad deeds. These are some of the real effects that sinners have on us, which is why it's important that we study this. And most importantly, we study the major sins that have an even uh, more lasting effect or even a worse effect. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, those that stay away from major sins, then Allah forgives their minor sins. As opposed to those that are immersed in major sins and do not repent, these are the people that are in trouble. And as Muslims, what do we believe? We believe every believer will enter Jannah. Every believer that says La ilaha illallah will enter Jannah, which is the greatest mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But some of those believers will not go into Jannah straight away. They will be punished. Punished for what? They will be punished for the major sins they've been committing. If you don't want to be among those, and surely you don't and I don't, then we need to repent from our major sins and, and avoid them to the best of our ability. Like Allah said, if you do avoid them, what? Allah will forgive the minor sins and He will give you an, a, a noble entrance. Mudkhalan karima, a noble entrance. Of course, this is referring to paradise and Jannah. So, Ikhwani Fillah, um, what are some of these major sins that the Prophet ﷺ referred to or that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about in the Quran? We're going to cover some of the ahadith. Now again, in the following weeks, we'll be taking one sin and discussing it in detail and, and talking about it. But now it's just a general introduction to this whole concept. So we have the hadith of Abu Bakr. May Allah be pleased with him, where he said, uh, that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi said Shall I not inform you of the worst among the major sins The most major of major sins And the Sahaba of course said Bala ya Rasulullah Of course O Messenger of Allah we want to know of these sins So they can of course avoid them And then the Prophet Sallallahu said The first one is Al-Ishraqu Billah or Ashirku Billah To associate partners with Allah Ikhwan Fillah Inshallah, the, the lesson after this one, next week we will be covering why shirk is the worst sin. But the Prophet would always refer to that as the worst sin. And Allah of course is in the Quran, Allah does not forgive if you associate partners with him. And he forgives the, that which is less than shirk uh, to whomever he wills. So the major sin, the worst sin that the Prophet mentioned here is what? Shirk. Then the Prophet ﷺ mentioned 
the disobedience to parents, subhanallah, those of us that have their parents, fear Allah, they could be a cause for you to enter Jannah, or they could be a cause for you to commit this major sin and enter hellfire. Fear Allah with regards to your parents. It is a major sin, not just a major sin, it is among the worst of the major sins to be disobedient to your mother and father. And finally, the Prophet ﷺ, in this particular hadith, he was reclining. And then, when he, so he was reclining when he started talking about the first two. So he mentioned shirk and disobeying the parents. And then the Prophet sat up and he said, and to speak falsely and to give false testimony and to speak falsely and to give false testimony. And he kept on repeating this one until the Sahaba said, we said to ourselves, we wish that he just went quiet because they got the point. Why was the Prophet repeating it? Because this is such a sin that is so harmful. Those that lie, lie to get what they want, lie to harm others, give false witness testimony. This is such a harmful sin. And the sins that harm others, generally speaking, are way worse than the sins that just is uh, with regards to the individual because it, is, it has a form of oppression in it. So the Prophet mentioned three sins here. What are those three sins? Shirk, disobeying the parents, and speaking falsely. In another narration, the Prophet وسلم, and this is narrated by Anas ibn Malik, the Prophet وسلم, said regarding the major sins, they are again associating partners with Allah, disobeying the parents, killing a person unjustly, and false testimony. So the first three came back, but the Prophet added, killing unjustly, which is also among the major sins, subhanallah. Khwanifillah, uh, to, to murder or to take a life is among the most, the worst sins one can do. This life is something Allah has given, no one has a right to take it away except by the haqq. And inshallah ta'ala will explain that when we talk about killing unjustly in a separate Listen, so now we have four sins that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that are among the major sins, the hadith of Anas ibn Malik. Now, there's another famous hadith of Abu Huraira, radiyallahu anhu, where the Prophet ﷺ referred to seven destructive sins, as sab' al-mubiqat. And the Prophet ﷺ said, shall I not tell you of the seven destructive sins? And the Sahaba, of course, said, yes, ya Rasulullah, tell us. And the Prophet said, the first one, you guessed it, is shirk again to associate partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to join others in worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet mentioned the final, the other six, to practice sorcery, to kill a life unjustly, to consume riba, to consume the wealth of the orphans, to flee the battlefield and your brothers in arms when you're in such a situation, and of course, to uh, badmouth and slander this, the Muslim sisters, the chaste woman, and say that they are adulterers or people of zina. Of course, this is known as a qadf and is among the major sins. So the Prophet ﷺ mentioned those seven in a particular hadith as well. The al the seven deadly or destructive sins. Finally, we have another hadith with us, my brothers and sisters, where the Prophet ﷺ, this hadith is narrated by Ibn Mas'ud, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. And this time, it wasn't the Prophet telling, but it was Abdullah ibn Mas'ud asking, Ya Rasulullah, what are the worst sins? And then the Prophet ﷺ said, the worst sin is to associate partners with Allah. Why Allah has created you? 
Because among the reasons why we worship Allah and not any other false deity is because He is the true creator. Like Allah says in the first commandment you will find in the Quran when you open it up uh, uh, from Fatiha, Ya ayyuhannas, O mankind, U'budu rabbakum, worship your Lord, alladhi khalaqakum, that has created you. So here the Prophet ﷺ is telling Abdullah ibn Mas'ud what is the greatest sin? The Prophet said, and tajalillahi niddan wa huwa khalaqak to give Allah an equal when Allah is the one that has created you. Then Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said, Thumma ay, what is next? What is the sin after that? And the Prophet said, to kill your own child out of fear that he will eat with you. And this was something that was done often back in those times where someone would uh, rather murder his child than keep it alive and nurture it and take care of it out of fear that he will, they will not have enough to feed them. Now as Muslims, what do we know? We know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the razaq, he's the one that provides. Now subhanAllah, nowadays we have a different way of doing this. People that have uh, abortions because they think that they can't take care of that child, right? This is, of course, a sin that is absolutely haram and not allowed. And then the Prophet ﷺ finally mentioned a third sin, and that he said, to commit zina with your neighbor's wife. To commit adultery with your neighbor's wife. This is quite interesting. Isn't zina haram generally a major sin? Yes, it is. So why did the Prophet specifically say, with your neighbor's wife. What makes her different than all the other women folk out there that are haram for you? That's because of the trust that that breaks. The neighbor is like this with his neighbor. Muslim or non-Muslim, it doesn't matter. They have such a good relationship or they should have such a good relationship and a trust between them. That if you break that trust and then you go to another man's house and you commit this adultery, which this is of course worse than regular zina. Now, of course, zina is among the major sins. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, uh, Do not even go near zina. Indeed, it is a shameless act. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us to not even go near zina. لا تقرب زنا. Meaning what? Meaning anything that leads up to zina. Anything that is of similar ilk to zina. Stay away from it. Don't free mix with sisters. Don't be mixed with brothers, my sisters. Don't date. Don't be alone with each other. Don't be sending each other messages. Don't do anything that might lead to zina. Because what is Allah telling us? Allah did not say don't make, don't do zina. He said don't even go near it. And this is generally the message with regards to all major sins. Because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Ijtanibu," or the Prophet "Ijtanibu," stay away from. Or Allah says in the Quran, those who stay away from. Now it doesn't mean stay away from, it literally means the word ijtinab, it comes to put one thing in one janib, one side, and yourself in the other janib, the other side. Meaning to put a distance between yourself and that sin. So put a distance between yourself and drugs and alcohol. Put a distance between yourself and pornography. Put a distance between yourself and consuming haram. And beware and remember all the ill effects these sins have, my brothers and sisters. Finally, inshallah ta'ala, to conclude, let's talk about what can we do to avoid these sins. And we mentioned it is human nature to fall into sin, so what can you do? 
What can you do? And what is the hal? What is the solution? The first thing that we must do is ask Allah to protect us. Seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The final chapter in the Quran, Surah An-Nas, Allah says, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْنَاسِ مَلِكِ النَّاسِ إِلَٰهِ النَّاسِ مِنْ شَرِّ الْوَسْوَاسِ الْخَنَّاسِ Say, I seek refuge in the Lord of mankind. Malik al-Nas, the king of mankind. إِلَٰهِ النَّاسِ The God or the Ilah of mankind. مِنْ شَرِّ الْوَسْوَاسِ الْخَنَّاسِ From the evil of the uh, retreating whisperer. Who is this whisperer? This is the shaitan who whispers in our hearts, who beautifies sin for us, who, and Allah, we should ask Allah to protect us. Always make dua for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect you, because as long as you are under the protection of Allah, no harm will befall us. Now, the shaitan does whisper in our hearts, right? Sometimes you think about doing something that is haram, you think about it. These are khawatir, this is from shaitan. It is while you're at this level, where you have that passing thoughts, or that little eagerness to do something that is haram, this is where you need to remind yourself of Allah, and the punishment, and the fear of Allah, and remind yourself of whom you're disobeying. Because once shaitan gets a hold of you, and gets a hold of your heart, then you go through stages. Ibn Qayyim mentions a beautiful statement with regards to these stages. He said that uh, the shaitan will start whispering in your heart, Right? And this is of course referring to the verse in Surah An-Nas in Shari al-Waswasi al-Khannas, the waswasa. Now once you start thinking about this sin, uh, you start imagining it or thinking about it, this will then turn into a hope that you want to do it. And that will turn into an aspiration. You'll aspire to do it. And that will then turn into an actual desire. right? And that desire will then turn into a concern. You're constantly occupied with this sister that you want to date or this thing that you want to do or this haram that you want to do. It becomes something that really occupies you and keeps you busy. If you're busy with that and it's occupying you, it's occupying you from the good and the khair as well. So then this will result into finally a decision to act upon it and then finally you do the sin. And when you do the sin, if you don't repent, if you don't stop yourself in those early stages, and then you fall into the sin, subhanAllah, may Allah forgive me and forgive you, then you can still repent. But then what happens is if you then do it again, and again, this might lead to an addiction to the sin. And if you keep on doing the sin, and you're immersed in it, it will have such a negative effect on your life, that subhanAllah, you will really struggle coming out of that sinful life, but it is possible, ikhwanifillah, with lots of dua and with hard decision making and with really thinking about your future. And by future, I'm talking about your hereafter because that's our real future. Inshallah, no matter how bad the sin is, you can come back from it. And there's an amazing statement that Ibn Abbas said or is narrated from him where he said, La kabira ma'al istighfar. There is no major sin if forgiveness is sought because there's nothing too major for Allah to forgive. Allah forgives all sins. And then he mentioned something very important that I want to highlight as well. He said, وَلَا صَغِيرَةً And there's no such thing as a small sin if it's done continuously, perpetually, all the time. Because then this means there's a sense of carelessness. And the last thing you want to do is treat sin as something that is not that big of a deal. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud mentioned something amazing. He said, the person that is pious, how he sees sin or per perceives sin versus the one who is the fasiq, the one that is immersed in sin that doesn't care.
He said, as for the believer, as for the pious individual, when he makes a sin, when he does haram, he will see it as a mountain that is hovering on top of him. Something that is a great deal. And that will result in the hastening towards repentance. Whereas the one that is the fasiq, the one that is the wrongdoer, doesn't care. He will see it but as a fly that landed on him and flew away. So now you need to really ask yourself, how am I with regards to these sins? Do they burden me? Allah literally calls them a burden. Wizr. It is a wizr, it is a burden, it's something that is heavy. And inshallah ta'ala, ikhwani fillah, Allah is the most merciful. We can get rid of all of these burdens and all of these sins with sincere repentance. So my first advice is to seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect you from the whispers of shaitan and to keep you steadfast. Number one, ask Allah to protect you and seek refuge in Him. Number two, increase the good that you do. Remember what we said, good deeds increase your iman. You start building strength. And ikhwanifillah, what you have to remember, and this is an example that some of our scholars gave, is that with regards to sin and obedience, it's like the labor worker. When you, when you were working an office job for the, your whole life and then you're put into a work that is strenuous and hard, will you struggle? Of course you will struggle, it's really hard. But then as you start doing that for time, you start building muscle, you start to get stronger, it becomes easier for you. And before you know it, it becomes second nature. This is with regards to the person that is immersed in sin and that wants to start living a life of obedience. It's not gonna be easy. It's not gonna be a switch of a button. You're gonna have to work up towards that by constantly repenting when you fall back, but also by increasing the good that you do. Start working on your five daily prayers if you do them. And subhanAllah, there's a great secret in the five daily prayers. And what is that? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, in the salata, indeed the prayer, tanha anil fahsha'i wal munkar. It forbids from that which is shamelessness and indecency and sin and munkar, haram. So by observing the five prayers, this inshallah ta'ala will help you. So increase the good that you're doing. That's advice number two. Number one was seek refuge in Allah. Ask Allah to protect you. Number two, increase the good that you do and build up your iman. Number two, ikhwani fillah, is to regularly make tawbah and repent to Allah. Follow the example of our father Adam who immediately repented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah tells us in the Quran how he repented and what he said, very important to regularly repent. Our Messenger Muhammad sallallahu would repent to Allah and ask him forgiveness more than a hundred times a day. More than a hundred times a day. So be someone that regularly repents to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hold yourself accountable and Allah's mercy is of course infinite. And finally, what we are doing right now. Learn about these sins and their severity. Study them. Read about them. Because perhaps when you learn about the severity of a sin, how bad it is, the consequences, the punishment, maybe that will encourage you to stay away from it, inshallah ta'ala. These are some of the advice that uh, we have been given by our scholars from the Quran and Sunnah with regards to how to avoid sin. And of course, you'll never be able to completely avoid sin, but you can always repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inshallah ta'ala, ikhwan, if you stay tuned for the following weeks, we will be discussing some of these major sins in greater detail, and we'll be discussing one or two in every segment. Jazakumullah khair, and we will conclude upon this. Hada wa akhiru da'wana. 
and alhamdulillah rabbil alamin wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh this recording was produced by green lane masjid for more information on the activities and services the mosque provides please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org